This is Scamp Life, the other side, a bi-weekly podcast for summer camp professionals with your hosts, Kelly and Shauna. Now it's time for another thought-provoking episode exploring the amazing world of summer camp. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Scamp Life, the other side. I'm Shauna. I'm here with Kelly. And today I'm going to give you all a rundown of the Women in Camp Summit 2023, also known as WIX. It's what we like to call it shorthand. I have been going to the Women in Camp Summit since it started in 2018. I'm so jealous. I want (laughs) to go. I've been to everyone. I just, I don't know. I love women. I think we're magic. And I love. Can I come stay with you next year for the conference? I mean, I stay at the hotel. So, Um, yeah. I mean, just book a room with two beds. That's all. (laughs) Here we go. Done. Yeah, I I just love being around women and learning from women, especially when we work in a heavily male-dominated industry. And it's nice to be around people who get it. I feel like camp professionals say that a lot when we go to conferences together, you know, like nationals or just your regional conferences, like being with people that get it is great. Being with women that get it is a hundred thousand times better. So yeah, this year, the Women in Camp Summit theme was flowers. And I know flowers and women, it's weird, but it was ephemeral flowers. Word, Shauna. It is a big word. I learned it that day too <laughs> at the Women in Camp Summit. So, so can you give me a definition? Because I don't yes, know. <laughs> it's all those first spring flowers, like bloodroot, crocus, all of those that come up when it's still really cold. And the theme was growing in harsh conditions, which is what oh. these ephemeral flowers do. Yeah. So even though it was flowers and it was really girly, it had a really nice theme that made you feel strong like a woman. So if you don't know, the Women in Camp Summit is hosted by the American Camp Association, Illinois, along with the Camp Code Ladies. If you're familiar with that podcast, that's Beth Allison, Ah, Ruby, and Gab's Ruby. Her Instagram is Ruby Outdoors. And then Gab's, Gab's, her mom owns a camp in Canada. The camp is in Quebec and it is an all girls camp that her mom owns and Gab's is a director of some sort there. And then Beth Allison, (laughs) she is also a Canadian from Quebec or lives in Quebec. I don't actually know if she's from Quebec. I think she's an Anglophile. So which in Quebec is a non-French person. I'm over here what Googling I've... as you're talking, so. <laughs> yeah, this was talked, so the Wix, Wix is an international summit conference because it has women from the United States and Canada. Oh, and that's cool. Yeah, it's probably about a third Canadian and then two thirds American. So there's a lot of talk about these Canadian, specifically Quebec things that I get to learn when I'm there. So an Anglophile is somebody that I think is not of French descent and doesn't speak French as their first language, but still speaks French. And I'm pretty sure Beth 
described herself as an Anglophile. If I got wrong, a history lesson. <laughs> yeah. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Sorry, Beth. But Beth is wonderful. She's a consultant. If you know Travis Allison, that is her husband. So they do the consulting. I also think that they do Go Camp Pro. Mm-hmm. Go Camp Pro. Yeah. So if you're in the camp industry, you know these three women. They are wonderful. Beth, Ruby, Gabs, and Colette were all founding members of the Women in Camp Summit. And Colette's the executive director of ACA Illinois. Yes, she, yes. So people know who she is. For transparency, I am on the board of ACA Illinois, American Camp Association Illinois. So I I do have a close relationship with Colette. And I I sometimes get the inside scoop about Wix, which is wonderful. So I also help them set up Wix the night before. I volunteer the night before to get some stuff set up. So it's always fun for me to partake in kind of that beginning stuff. Uh, So I got to see our swag before it went out. Oh, the swag. Let me tell you, Kelly. I thought we were recapping this conference. We got on the swag boat. The the swag is part of the recap. Okay. Wow. Women take care of women. Oh my gosh, it is. So if you registered early bird, which they kept open from April to August or something, you got a beautiful gray fleece that says women in camp summit embroidered on it. And it is the warmest and softest fleece I have ever had. Coming from Chicago. Yes. I wore it today to the doctors. It (laughs) it is like 50 degrees today and I felt just fine. And then we all got messenger bags in the best burgundy color I've ever seen in my life. And it says Women in Camp Summit on it. And the bottom is pinstriped, which is so cute. But yeah, they are decent. Like they are canvas messenger bags that had all of our stuff in it. And just the swag, people. If you go to the Wix uh, conference once in your life, you are going to walk away with the best swag. ACA Illinois does the best swag, I will say, for all of our conferences. Because even when I attended the, oh gosh, the Oh, I can't even think of the name of it, but it was a it was a professional summit and it was an executive summit. That's what it was with Lee Cockerell, who used oh, to be I'm an so executive jealous. director. Yeah, at Disney. He's wonderful. I have we, his book. I need to read it. I have all of his books now. Of course you do. <laughs> but we got these really nice, sturdy canvas overnight bags. I'm oh telling you, come to an ACA Illinois conference summit in-person thing we have the best swag anywho that's my plug for us now i will taper off from the swag because i could go on for days well i think you i think you gave a pretty good overview well there was more swag that's all i'm going to talk about for now (laughs) who who was the lovely keynote for this conference that is a great question there wasn't one And this was the first year that there wasn't one. And the reasoning behind that was that instead of spending thousands upon thousands of dollars on a keynote, we paid the speakers. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So everybody who got picked to speak got paid. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
Again, women not doing free labor. So I really appreciated that. And the Camp Code ladies opened and closed the summit, which was beautiful. Lots of flower talk, poems, you know, music, but it was poignant. And the theme, although is very feminine and almost comically feminine, like flowers, it still had that real like poignant meaning with the ephemeral flowers and growing in tough conditions. So yeah, but yeah, no keynote. Cool. That's interesting. I think that's a really great example of finding funds in other places, right? Mm -hmm. Like I know we talk a lot about and a lot of camp professionals talk about like paying staff more. And I think that's a really good example Yay, leading by example, ACA. A really great example of like finding finding the funds to mm-hmm. to do that, right? Like we yeah. need to find money and that's a great way to do it. And there's also a question of like, is a keynote needed at a women's specific summit? Probably not. We get well, keynotes at all the other conferences we go to. And that's the thing too. And as much as I appreciate a really good keynote, sometimes the keynotes have a really good message, but can't relate it to camping and what we do. And Mm -hmm. so I would much rather skip a keynote that can't connect, Mm -hmm. but may have a really good message. It just, we can't make it connect rather than to, to have a really great speaker or really well-known speaker. And it be like a total dud of like, okay, that was a really good speech, but I, didn't really get anything out of it yeah nothing resonated we've had keynotes before like we've had candace dolby who phenomenal phenomenal phenomenal. she talks a lot about courage which really fit i mean and this was we had her come during 2018 which was a big me too movement so her keynote was perfect for that era Mm -hmm. with talking about courage but it wouldn't fit for this era that we're currently in. We've also had Peg Smith come, the old ACA CEO. She is a firecracker. I love that woman. So that one fit. And also she was the first CEO that was female. So, you know, I think that they made a really great choice to pay speakers this year. I feel like showing women that our time is worth something Mm -hmm. when we're hearing more and more about weaponizing competence and the pay rate dollar to dollar in the industry is vastly different not only between men and women but white women and women of color and it it just showed what was the most important part of this summit was to learn from each other and learn from professionals who've been doing what they've been doing for a while Mm -hmm. that's awesome fantastic okay so no keynote so we're just jumping into sessions yep all right i saw the 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 list prior to you leaving and i saw Mm -hmm. all of women in camps promo topics and i kind of wish i was there because (laughs) it sounded phenomenal uh what did you see tell me about them because i was watching your instagram the whole way through (laughs) So the way that Women in Camp Summit breaks down our education sessions is we have um, development sessions, which are uh, an hour long, lift your voice sessions, which are 20 minutes, 
and intensive sessions, which are two hours. So development sessions and lift your voice sessions sometimes run at the same time. So you really have to pick if you want to go to two 20 minute sessions or a full hour session. Inclusive or um, intensive sessions all run at the same time. So for my intensive session, I went to, oh gosh, I went to Simone Gamble's. She is from the women or from the summer camp society. She's a facilitator there and they are great. And it was on intersectional feminism and camping. So it was a two hour um, session where we just got down to it. Like it was good to talk about the nitty gritty and talk about what intersectional really means and how white women are leaving behind people of women of color and that white feminism is really what is centered in the camp industry. There's a, by the way, there's a book called white feminism that is a very, very good read in case anybody wants to dive into that. I don't know if it has anything to do with Simone's presentation, but you mentioned white feminism and there's a book and you know, I'm the, the nerd, the book nerd. So go read white feminism. It's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sorry. No, (laughs) Simone also recommends hood feminism. Oh, I love that one. Oh, it's so good. I've read that one too. Yeah. So it was really, the whole session was about breaking down white feminism as we find it in the camp industry. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah, so all girls camps. Mm -hmm. More please. Gendered bathrooms, cabins, female only retreats, which are not something that a lot of people who are lower economically can attend because those things are expensive Expensive, because they bring in like the botox lady and like the masseuse and the masseuses i mean like trust me i would be with the masseuse 24 7 the botox lady can go away but and then the yoga instructor and like and the healthy eating all of that stuff costs yeah. so much more. And it's typically in a resort or yep. destination location. So you have travel I mean, camps, involved. Camps host them too. But yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Lodging. Yep. I can't afford uh, them. Me neither. <laughs> we also talked about the adultification of Black children and girls. Mm. So something that we would expect yes. from a 10-year-old white girl is different than we would expect from a 10-year-old a child really of color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talked about hair care especially in the camp world and I think it definitely needs to be talked about more especially overnight overnight camps specifically just Mm -hmm. because you know the girls are there for for long periods of time yeah Uh, protective and with protective hairstyles and mm -hmm. and stuff like that day camp it's not as much but we do get a couple kids but we don't usually have to Mm -hmm. I mean you know if I have staff will sometimes ask me questions, which is really great about mm-hmm. protective styles, which I don't know a ton, but I do know that if the child says this, you do this. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and then something that was touched on that myself as a former ropes course, like person, I know oh, helmets, of, helmets, safe, safety gear, just not Hel- fitting. Yes. Yep. I shared an article. Oh, months ago. I think the New York times put something out about it. And it was equestrian riders, which there aren't many black people who, or people of color who ride because horseback riding is a privileged sport. It's expensive. Mm -hmm. But like I made the connection immediately to helmets. And so like when I started here, all of our helmets were one size. 
Uh, and I made sure that we have different sizes of helmets because That's yeah, awesome. they don't fit. Mm -hmm. They don't fit. And harnesses too. Mm -hmm. Bigger bodies, smaller bodies. Yep. The harnesses are made for the shape of a man. Yep. Which is also something to consider. Full body harnesses don't fit everybody well and it outs kids who can't fit in to the waist harnesses. Yeah, it's it was but a very a friend of mine who I know we've talked about possibly bringing on here. She just did a presentation. She works in the safety industry and she just mm -hmm. did a whole presentation, which I hope was recorded. I'd like to see it, but PPE for women and it fitting yeah. differently. And mm -hmm. it, even if it's, you know, I like to wear a lot of unisex clothes, clothing and stuff. And so like PPE for me on the clothing front fits me. Okay. Mm -hmm. But like respirators, which I know is more of like a leadership maintenance side of things, but like mm -hmm. the male respirators or the general respirators yeah. do not fit my face. No, because they're made to fit a more rugged square yes. jaw, which women typically do not have. Some women do, but yeah, but, uh, but just like having that option. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but I'm glad yeah. they touched on the helmets because that I think is really important uh, because I mean, I've seen it. I've seen kids get on and then they take pictures which is great and everything and mm -hmm. then you see the picture for marketing and you're like that's awesome but her helmet doesn't fit yep mm -hmm. or even you know even when I've gone through pictures a few years ago it's like oh that's an awesome picture but the helmet doesn't fit or it doesn't fit correctly or it doesn't even look like it fits correctly even if it yep. is fitting and it's just or it's barely touching her forehead or his forehead because yep. Yeah, protective hairstyles just in general. Did Simone mention anything about how to potentially remedy? Is it just a larger helmet or did she mention anything like that? No, we were just there to break down white feminism, but there was a lift your voice session that was 20 minutes long. That was done by somebody named Claire Griffith, who we're going to talk offline about because uh, I'd like to bring her on the podcast. Um where she did a session about how she got into a screaming match with a Petzl executive about harnesses and safety equipment fitting everyone. I heard that it was great. And maybe if we can get her on the show, she'll yeah. share some more. I also went to her other session, which we'll talk about. That was your intensive. That sounds Yeah, that intense. was my intensive. I mean, it was. That's, that's a lot to go into for two hours. Now, we're... I mean, I guess were this only one intensive that you could attend based off the time? Yeah, frame? it okay. was just on the first full day, the Tuesday, because Monday, you know, we start late. Intensive, but yeah, it was just the like, first day. so, you know, many conference presentations, 50 minutes to an hour, sometimes 90 mm -hmm. minutes. Were the intensives like them talking the entire time or was it a lot of discussion allowed as well since you have that much time to to be able to utilize? The one that I went to with Simone was a lot of discussion, but I I don't know how the other ones were. Okay, I was just yeah. curious. Most of the people that were in my village, because we all got um, separated into villages for lunch, and they were all named after women in history. Cool. I was on the Roebling Village, who designed and finished the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, yeah, pretty cool, you know? So I don't think everybody that was in my village was in the same intensive. So we didn't get any perspectives from other ones, but it's okay. There was, you know, they, all the sessions were great, but the one that Simone did was both, we, we watched a few videos and broke them down 
And then we had these discussions within the group. Like she split us up into small groups and then we had bigger discussions with the whole group. It was great. They are a phenomenal presenter. Yes. Phenomenal. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Also, Simone is one of the creators of the, oh gosh. Oars. Oars, but also the, uh, oh, it's black with three C's. And. Uh, yes. Oh, 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 oh. B-L-A-C-C-C AMP, AMP connection. And they are just trying to advance BIPOC leadership in the camp industry. They recently just had a celebration for Sankofa. It's $75 for a ticket. I did look into it. It's not something I could swing this month, but it seems like it's going to be very interesting. And I encourage everyone to follow Simone, follow Oars, and follow Black Camp Connection because they are putting out some great things. Too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. The, I, for my development sessions, the first one that I went to was called Neurodivergent Shall Inherit the Earth. Yes, I wanted, I wanted to see that one that I, you know, I totally was, was at that conference too. Yeah, <laughs> you were there in spirit. I was, I was there uh, through your Instagram is what it was. <laughs> it's true. I overposted. No, uh, it was wonderful. I loved it. <laughs> that was put on by Kate Taylor, also a Quebecian. I don't know if that's what they call themselves, but that's what I'm calling you. <laughs> and this was specifically about staff and not campers, which I appreciated. Ooh, yes. Because we talk a lot about neurodivergent campers and how to help them, but we don't talk about the staff. And being neurodivergent myself, I was like, yes, this is great. So this was an hour long, so very quick, something that... Kate talked about was like transparency within the job description. So does the job description really say what is required of the position and not just what is required of the position, but what would be required of somebody who is neurodivergent? So how much like extroverted energy are you going to have to put out? Like you're going to be around people, like all of these different things that we wouldn't typically put in there because we would assume people would know what What, the role is or what the role is yeah um you know what is going to be challenging for a person who is neurodivergent whatever neurodivergency that is in that position so if somebody has asd and they have to talk to parents how difficult is that going to be Mm -hmm. for them so making sure that you're being as transparent as possible with the expectations for the position and also again this out of the box thinking of is your current staffing model the only way that it can work is there a better staffing model that could work for neurodivergence changing your language and how you talk about uh, accessibility uh, changing up your training the workload making sure that the physical and sensory overload at your camp is isn't too much now did they Um, talk about person first language at all Yes. Okay. Because I'm curious, just because there's been some books that I've read recently that have been authored by people with either autism or mm-hmm. it's somewhere in the neurodivergent area. And some of them talk about not utilizing person first language anymore because they want to own their 
yeah diagnosis and I was just curious if that was touched on at all it wasn't touched on specifically in this session but I do a lot of DEI work you know that yes <laughs> you do too and what I have been told in working with DNI DEI is to use for uh, person first language unless a person corrects you because they'll tell you how they want to be identified much like we when people want to be identified as certain pronouns they'll let you know Fantastic. Yeah. I just know that person first language was brought up a lot years ago and mm -hmm. it, it still yeah. kind of is, but because mm -hmm. these books are, I don't know, published within the last year or two and yeah. written by, mm -hmm. by people within the neurodivergent community mm -hmm. where, where things were at. So. Yeah. And a lot of that comes specifically from the autism community and that's the what deaf it and seems blind like. community. Yeah. yeah. So again, I will always say a person who is blind or has low vision, a person who is deaf or hard of hearing, a person with ASD until I'm corrected. Cause it Perfect. just feels like, I don't like as somebody with ADHD and other mental health issues, I don't want to be defined by that stuff, but that's just me. Right. <laughs> right. Like I don't want to be known as the girl with ADHD, although it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Another session that I attended was all about goal setting, and this was by uh, Destiny Kinsey. She is a licensed social worker, and she also is a contractor for Indeed, working with DEI oh, stuff within Indeed. Yeah, that's cool. cool. Yeah, different, very so, different. Yeah, it was very different, and she was also uh, a woman of color. I will say that there were a variety of different ethnicities and backgrounds presenting this year, which wonderful. Not that we have it in the past, but it was definitely intentional. Uh, maybe. Yeah. But it was just also more present. Like I, I felt like it was better advertised and just more present of who was going to be at this summit. Awesome. So this was a session on SMART goals, which I'm sure we're we all, all so know. familiar. Exactly. But this was called Unleashing Your Potential, Mastering the Art of Goal Setting for Personal and Professional Development. Now, I can make professional goals till I fall asleep. Personal goals, on the other hand, are so hard for me to make. And that is why I went to this session, because I cannot make a personal goal to save my life. Well, see, my um, personal goals are usually professionally related. Same, which is not a personal goal, um, which is not a personal goal at all. So it was very great to just listen to somebody talk about like overcoming barriers, what the common barriers are of not meeting your goal. Um, talk about like celebrating the small wins. Like even if you don't make it to your goal, you still made some progress in some area, which is really hard for me because I am a perfectionist where if I don't finish it, I failed. But I I learned that I, I don't have to <laughs> look at it like that. And who knew? Who knew you didn't have to look at it like that? And just like how to identify your goals too. Like that, that's a problem. Like I... I don't know what I want. Right. <laughs> I feel like I have, like I'm in the position that I've always wanted. Like really the only career progression for me is just learning more. So when it comes to like identifying the goals, I have a hard time even envisioning anything because I'm where I want to be. 
So it was good to think about like reflecting on your values and prioritizing what you want out of life and starting with the end in mind and not so much where you have to start. I thought was interesting. That is interesting. And breaking down your goals into smaller steps. So not have like the end all and the be all be the end of your goal, but have like the first hurdle that you need to climb over be the end of your goal and then reassess. So I thought that that was fun. And then we did uh, just like some goal setting of our own. And we also talked about like, when things go off road, like we have to go back to why we wanted the goal in the first place, like reminding ourselves of our why, which is really important. And something that Destiny said was that we should be evaluating our goals quarterly. Typically, oh. we only do it like once a year, really? or twice a year. <laughs> uh, but we should be um, evaluating them quarterly, which I was like, yeah, that somehow makes sense. That makes sense. If you only do it once a year or every six months, you're not seeing your progression. You're not you're not seeing if you're on the right track. Like maybe you forgot about those goals. I'll tell you every time we do goal setting at work, I forget what the goals are until we look at it again. <laughs> I think we're all and guilty the, of that. Unless they're yeah, like I think so. unless you're part of like board meetings and they're in your notes every mm-hmm. month. Yeah. I think we're all guilty of that. Exactly. And when you do it quarterly you don't be on top guilty of, it a of that anymore. <laughs> yeah. So that one was more personal for me, but I did enjoy the session. I felt Destiny had a lot of great things to say. Uh, and I'm definitely going to be searching for her on LinkedIn soon just to add her to my network. I did attend one Lift Your Voice session, which were those short 20-minute sessions. And this one was by Leilani Newsom, who Love is also- her. I love know. her. She's one, and her name is so beautiful. Love I her. I kept telling her that. She's, I was she's like, pre- I just she, love your name. She presented at ScampCon a few years ago. Back, oh, I think it was like she? the last ScampCon we did. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Hers was understanding privilege and the harm of the walk. So if you've ever done a privilege walk before, mm-hmm. where it's like take one step, blah blah yes. blah. So this was talking about how harmful it is for the individuals that get left behind and how the activity centers white or socioeconomic privileged people front and center and it uses people of color and lower socioeconomic people as props Mm. to show the the white people how privileged they are so it's not really kind of like the backpack exercise yeah kind of like so it's it's basically making those people at the back that don't get to take any more than one or or zero steps that it just reminds them of just where they are in life and it's detrimental to their mental health and it causes trauma because they see some of their white friends that are like and i use white to include all of the isms not just yeah. because like white male is like the you know the top yes. of the tier yes, yes. but i it's more that you know not all people of color are underserved not all people of color are mm-hmm. poor just like not all white people are rich i could tell you when we used to do this walk growing up i was always in the back always in the back and it just like you know it kills you mm-hmm. it kills you to be there so the school that she works with works at which is the northwestern school i think that's what it is it's out in seattle 
And it's a school that's foundation is based in diversity, equity, inclusion. Awesome. I don't know if she was doing this activity with her kids or was talking about it, but her students said that they wanted to revise the activity because they didn't feel like it was doing what it needed to do. So they came up with two different versions. So the first version was to put all of the, like take one step forward if you, mm -hmm. if both of your parents are still married. So put all of that on a sheet and have everybody give themselves a point for each statement that's true. Write down their number on the bottom of the sheet, hand all the sheets back in, shuffle them up, and then everybody gets somebody else's sheet and they don't know whose oh. it is. So it's completely anonymous. And then that is how they who follow. Who you are, but that's who, who you, you are. are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that everybody is viewing it anonymously. So if somebody is all the way in the back, they know that somebody in their group, this is where they are, mm -hmm. but they don't know who it is. Right. which really changes the face of the program and I like the whole time I do too. And it's just so simple. And it's like, why couldn't I think of that? <laughs> like kudos, how simple is that? Kudos to those students though, for coming up with that. Yeah. I thought that that was really great. Leilani also said that you could also add in some fictional ones too. Mm -hmm. And you could let the kids know that there are some fake ones in there. So you don't know if you have a fake one or a real one. Right. So I thought that that was really interesting. But you have to make sure that like everybody's using the same color pen and all of that stuff, which Leilani didn't say, but I'm just adding it in there mm -hmm. because as somebody who uses different colored pens, like you should look at the notebook that I'm looking at right now. It is purple, pink, <laughs> green, blue, green. It is all over the place. Different shades of green. Oh, man. yeah. So I would have added myself very easily because I was using purple pen during this. So just making sure everybody's using the same pen. The other way to do this is to give each person a sticky note and give them that sheet. Also the same sheet, have them tally up how many of those statements are true for them but write their number on the sticky note. She collects all the sticky notes and then they put them up in like a graph order, kind of like a tally sheet yeah. order. So you can see where the majority of the people are, where the outliers are, different stuff like that. So, and then you self-reflect on where you are compared to your peers. And again, nobody knows who's is who's, which I thought was That's really important. Nice. And she added in some really nice discussion questions that I don't think I ever got when we did this. It was more kind of, when I did this a long time ago, way back when, it was just, let's do this activity to see how far you're gonna go in life. Pretty much that's yeah. kind of how it was marketed in the 90s and the early 2000s. Like, this is your starting point based on all these things that really don't matter because you didn't do anything to accomplish any of this stuff. But there was no discussion questions. You just walked away either you feeling were done. great yeah. or like crap, which is what I felt like. So these are some discussion questions that Leilani asked is if you had to give up a privilege on this list, what would it be? Hmm. Yeah. If you could gain one you didn't have, what would it be? What would you add to the list? What would you take away? What do you wish people knew about you in relation to one of the statements? And she said to have the people like write these answers down, like pick one, write them down, then just collect them all anonymously and read them to the whole class. So no one again so knows. No one again knows it's that anonymous uh, feel to it all, but then you're hearing 
things from your peers about things that they wish they can change, mm-hmm. things that they wish they, people knew about them. Yeah, the other question is kind of a big question, and this really depends on the group you're doing it with, but how can your understanding of your privilege or marginalization improve your existing relationships with yourself and others? Oh, wow, that is a big question. You're not going to do that with middle school, and you're probably not going to do it with freshmen or sophomores, maybe juniors or seniors, and even then it'd probably be difficult. It's more like college and I was going to say that it's probably college. yeah. But yeah, so that one I thought was fantastic and just a different way to do something that we've all participated Mm -hmm. in or have all done. If you've ever worked with like uh, underserved youth, I know that I worked at a, a camp that did underserved youth and we did this privilege walk and it's it's hard to hear and see where the kids are. But it's, I don't know, I just felt like it wasn't doing much for them. It was more making me feel like a white savior and that I needed to help these kids. Again, centering my white experience Mm -hmm. and my privileges as a white woman instead of really focusing on what the entire program should really be about. And it's that everyone is starting from a different place and none of those things have anything to do with what you've accomplished. So yeah. Anywho, that was, that was a good one. That's awesome. Uh, what, how many yeah. more did you see? Like how many were you able to get to? Cause it's a I fairly short to, conference, isn't it? It was three days. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I went to quite a few. I went to one, another hour long one. So development session about bodies and body positivity, embracing the package you come in, which wasn't what I thought it was going to be. That one was by Mandy Baker. She has a PhD. It was okay, but it was, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to describe that session. It wasn't my favorite. Was like it, right, I know we talked about like retreat groups for women. Like, I feel like that almost sounds like it that was, should be yeah, part of yeah, that. It okay. felt very much like that. And I did write something like that on my survey for that. It wasn't terrible. It just, it just wasn't what I had expected it to be. Yeah. I thought I was going to be talking about like bodies in the camp industry and like, how we perceive bigger bodies to not be outdoor bodies and different things like that but it, it was oh, more yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't that it wasn't that it was more about like how to be kind to your body and i was like okay i do need this but also i don't want this right now <laughs> i went to by kelly shuana shuana i don't know if you're familiar with her Shuna, Kelly Shuna, that's how you say it. She's also a facilitator for Summer Camp Society. Um, Fun story about me and Kelly. In 2019, I presented on empathy at the Women in Camp Summit. And I was one of the last, I was in the last development session. So it was an hour long. And then we went to the keynote and the keynote was Kelly. And she, her keynote was about literally everything I had done in my session. So she did like an empathy, like Brene Brown style. Mine was more based on 
scientific research that we had been doing with animals, but empathy for animals and empathy for humans comes from the same part of the brain. So it was it was very funny. Crazy. But she, yeah, she presented on coaching staff through difficult conversations. Much needed. Uh, yeah. So I really, really liked that. And she had us practice with like a partner on different things to say and how to make these difficult conversations not feel so big that it makes people feel really unsure and scared to talk to you. So I thought that that was great. And then the last session that I attended was called the kids aren't all right trauma informed management. And that was by Claire Griffith, who I uh, misgendered earlier, they use they them pronouns, sorry, Claire. And this was about trauma informed care. And, and this wasn't trauma informed care for our campers. This was trauma-informed care for our staff. And they highlighted the difference between Gen Z and all of the other um, generations and how they are, not that the other generations didn't have trauma, but the trauma is being delivered and is right in your face more. So they're handling trauma differently. It was really great. And I want to have them on the podcast to just go deeper because it was only an hour long and I could have listened to them talk about this all day. So I'm hopeful that we could get them on the podcast just to talk more about it. Since trauma-informed care is a pretty new thing that's popping up like within the last two to three years, I'd say. I, I think everybody would enjoy hearing about it. But yeah, those were the sessions. And there was a couple other things that happened, you know, in between, but you'll have to come to experience them. Yeah, and we absolutely. Great sounds... evening programs. I won a gift card to Amazon, my good friend Jeff. So yeah, it was a great time. And I love going and I love being surrounded by like-minded women and learning from them and talking to them. And yeah, it's- That sounds it's awesome. Just, it really is. I can't. I have wanted to go for many years mm-hmm. and I'm never close enough to justify like the cost. Yeah. So I don't know. Chicago, it's Chicago area, right? It's the suburbs. Yeah. Okay. But so- I will say the cost of the program, like the retreat itself is relatively cheap. Oh like, yeah. No, I'm not saying yeah. it's expensive. No, no, just letting everybody yeah. know, like if you register early, this year it was $299. Which is nothing room, compared to... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And room overnight was only $99 a night. That's not which bad. Is and you don't... And so that's cheap. at the conference hotel itself, right? That's not at... Yeah. Like, so you don't you have found... to go anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always nice to say where it is. Yes. But I get it if you need cheaper accommodations. I'm sure there's other places in oh, the yeah. vicinity. But yeah, it is a fr- pretty affordable conference if you can drive. Yes. Um, the flight will probably be the most expensive part of that outside of the registration fee. But it is fairly affordable. And Colette will always work with people to make sure that they can get there. Well, again, Colette is, what is executive she, the executive director. director of ACA Illinois. She's awesome we want too. people to be there. So if you can volunteer some of your time, Colette will figure, she'll work with you to get you to a price that works if we can, which she always, she always makes it. I know my first year I got a scholarship and I just had to volunteer as a room host. Just make sure people 
did the surveys, not did them, but got them and then handed them back to me if they wanted to complete it. Very simple, very easy stuff. Yeah, it's just a great conference. Everybody should go. And it's not just for women. It's not just for cishet women either. It's for anybody that identifies as a woman or non-binary femme. So come on down. <laughs> Next awesome. year, it will be virtual. Oh. Yeah, so they're going to go on a 24-month cycle. So on odd years, we'll come together and be odd together. And on even years, we will just be virtual because the people who put on the conference have recognized that even though this is a female-centric space, it is not safe for everyone. And some changes still need to be made to make it safe and comfortable for everyone. And that's what they're going to work on the years that were virtual. That's so awesome. next year, if you know, you're know you wary about attending a conference that you don't know if you're going to fit in, it'll be completely in, inexpensive next year. Uh, so check it out virtually, get, you know, dip your toe in the water. And if you like it, then come hang out with us in 2025. Heck yeah. I like that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, All thank right. you for that yeah. awesome recap. Yeah, uh, I could talk about it for hours. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think, but I think that, you know, like there was that's some really great sessions and a good variety too, mm. you know, with a lot of these big topics in the camping industry, you always see, sometimes see conferences that focus really heavily on those big topics. And then you feel like that's all that was talked about. Yeah. So really like the variety. That's mm -hmm. awesome. I think you were also coloring at some point in your Instagram. So that's a nice little break. <laughs> no, but I, I went during Tri-State last year, there was a, there was like a craft block of different crafts mm -hmm. that some vendor was putting on. And honestly, I needed a mental break. So I went and yeah. I colored like it was great. So during I one mean, of the socials, that's what I did. I needed an introvert break. Yes. <laughs> But I think it's so important like to have because like that was so recharging for me yet, you know, I was still talking and networking with other people mm -hmm. and other yep. camp professionals, but like, yeah, it was, it was really good. So yeah. awesome. Well, thanks for the recap, Shauna. Of course. We'll be back we'll in a couple weeks. Yeah. Sounds good. See awesome. Ya. Bye.